Welcome back to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama, and it's been a pleasure hosting you for the last 25 plus episodes. And I'd really love to share some crazy insights with you because without your support, this wouldn't have been possible. First of all, big shout out to Ash for this incredible song, Daydream. It's out now on Spotify, Apple Music. Please stream it. He is one of my closest friends and I absolutely admire this guy to bits. He has around 600,000 monthly listeners right from his bedroom. An incredible change maker and an incredible talent. Uh, This week has been a big week for us for the Empathy Always Wins podcast. Uh, on my personal Instagram, we just hit 32,000 followers, which is incredible. Like my mind is blowing. And on SoundCloud, the Arabic version of Empathy Always Wins had 21,106 plays this week. Can you guys imagine what like just a random kid who thought of an idea probably from his bedroom, which I do record from my bedroom. This could be you. Like, this is nothing special. This is nothing different. We are all in this together. And this is the purpose of really the podcast is not just to share leadership insights, but in a in in a very similar manner to also keep you sort of in the journey and in the loop with what we're doing here. And what we're doing here is trying to also give as much value as possible uh, with our heart-centered approach that is really being raw and authentic. And I couldn't be more honored to have with us today, someone I consider a very dear friend of mine by the name of Jason Wasser. Jason is someone whom I met on a mastermind. Yes, I'm crazy enough. And I, I think people who do masterminds and travel to Asheville, North Carolina, I think it was Asheville, yeah, North Carolina, yeah, I believe. Jason is a licensed marriage and family therapist with an extensive background in working with youth and adults from all walks of life. He is not only a speaker with an incredible background in entrepreneurship and leadership, he has a very high interest in working with um, high-performance individuals and uses so much of his practice and alternative medicine modalities to amplify his successful outcomes with client. A very interesting fact about Jason is he's one of five mental health professionals in the world with a level three certification in neuroemotional technique. And he holds a certification as a business and entrepreneur coach. That is also hand in hand with his master's degree in marital and family therapy. And he also holds a certificate in sports and fitness psychology from California State University and certified addictions professional and a certified hypnotherapist as well. There's so many titles here. This guy is one of the most interesting people I've ever met. And we broke so many barriers together when we met in Asheville, North Carolina. It's my pleasure and honor to bring him today with us to share some of his key insights and wisdom that he's been gaining and amassing all along for us, our change makers. Now let's dive into our episode with Jason Walser. Jason, thank you so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. Uh, I 
don't really know where to start with this, but I, I'm re- we're just talking about how Pablo got us together uh, over the weekend when we had that mastermind. Can you tell us a little bit more about where that was, uh, yeah. what you do, and uh, and how you came about to become the, the the person that you are today when it comes to you know mental health and and your care about um, offering uh, people in terms of value offering them their self-empowerment to take back whatever they feel that they're lacking in their lives. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be hanging out with you, even though like you said, our last time together was in Asheville, North Carolina in the middle of March, uh, uh, a very good buddy of ours. Um, we put together Pablo, um, who is the, uh, right. Has his own podcast connect with Pablo, right. Uh, chief executive connector. Um, we decided to put a mastermind together, right. Of young professionals, young adults who are looking to get a little bit more, Uh, out of life and not to do a typical weekend away. It was in the mountains, so there was some nature, there was some healthy eating, there was mindfulness, there was just really deep connections of which all of us are still in touch today. And um, right, you and I got to spend a lot of time together that weekend and we (laughs) we had our instant instant bond. And, um, you know, as a therapist, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I live in South Florida. My practice really focuses on mind-body integrative wellness for handling stress and overwhelm. And that can show up in so many different ways, whether it's in relationships or career or family stuff or financial stuff or self-limiting beliefs in your personal health, chronic pain. And really, you know, the work that we, that I wanted to have happen for us over the weekend that when we first met was to find some of the hidden things that we didn't realize are in there that are holding us back from getting too closer to where we want to be and also helping us figure out where we want to be, right? The, the how I show up weekend is what we called it. So I think that like my job, uh, part of my job as a, as a therapist and as a coach who's working with people online now at this point, especially during the pandemic, is to help people figure out who they most authentically are, despite the challenging stories they might have gone through. Yeah. And I think that's oftentimes for young people like us, it's the most challenging thing ever, just figuring out ourselves and, you know, topped with the pandemic, yeah. uh, this, the, the pressures of, of work, life balance. I, I don't even believe personally in work-life balance. I believe in harmony, work-life harmony. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who finds it very hard to find that perfect balance, I, I just feel like one day it can be up, one day it can be down. Just when you balance it out, uh, yeah, I know mm-hmm. when you have harmony in the end, that's kind of like. Right. It's consistency over anything else, but it's also having the, the idea of like, you know what you want to accomplish and I think this is what I find really hard for a lot of, of, of adults and young adults, especially depending on our backgrounds, right? If there's trauma or uh, stuff like that that's gone on, and we all have stuff. But I, I completely agree with you about finding harmony, but harmony has to come through peace. It has to come through healing. And it has to come through believing in yourself that you're deserving of such things. Wow. And usually I find that most of the time people don't buy into their own beliefs around that. So if you don't feel you're deserving of getting that good job, if you don't feel like you're deserving of getting that healthy relationship, if you feel like you're not deserving of getting financial stability of emotional well-being, because on, on the top of it, of course I want that, right? But then if you deep dig deep deeper, a lot of times we have some self-limiting beliefs around that that shows up because if we're not getting it, there must be something in our beliefs about it that's holding us back from achieving it. Absolutely. How do you, how do you, how do you touch on that when you speak to someone 
touch on that nerve. What's one question you can uh, kind of get someone a little bit woke around something that they nearly just never really thought about, but wow, you just like burst a bubble that helped them uncover something new about themselves. What, yeah. How do you start? How do you start? Or where do you start? Sure. So, so the first thing that I always ask people um, when they first start seeing me is not what brought them here because that's just going to get them stuck in the same old story that they've been telling no matter what to no matter who. And they don't need to tell me that yet. The second part would be of that is where would you want to be if whatever you think is bothering you that brought you here would no longer existing in your life? What would that version of your life look like? And I want you to describe it to me without mentioning the issue that you're coming to me to help solve. In other words, what does your life look like if this thing was completely eradicated and it's inconsequential? And that's a word that I want people to really start using more. Inconsequential means that you're able to look at it, shrug your shoulders and keep moving on with your day as if that thing is just doesn't exist or matter. So if that thing that you were coming into that was bothering you, annoying you, depressing you, making you nervous, whatever, no longer existed. What would your day-to-day -day life look like and what would you be doing then? Incredible. Wow. What, <laughs> I kind of, do, do you almost think that people don't think about that? the other side yeah. of the coin like they just focus the on maybe uh -huh. the pain point and they get lost in not trying to solve it but how this is making them feel and and by the way like people i don't believe people are miserable no. by their by nature i think people their their mind the mind is so wired to latch onto something that that causes intense yes. emotions and we know negative emotions are very intense. Well, let's so throw that, let's throw down on some neurology, right? Let's just make it basic science. Our brain is four times as likely to focus on something negative than something positive because our reptilian brain, which is the oldest part of our brain is about survival. It's the basic instincts. It's fight, flight, right? Survival instincts. So when we're, our conscious brain is, you know, just going through the day and being like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm in the mood for some more coffee. You know, the reptilian brain is like, if I don't eat, we might, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a famine of 40 years. And, right. So, and that triggers stuff, you know, if I don't have enough energy, my family will, whatever, right. I, I won't be able to pay my bill. Right. We go into the immediate, you know, survival instinct that yeah. like, 10 X's the worry. And our job is to constantly find ways to balance our rational brain with our non-rational brain, right? The survival brain. So if you look at that and be like, well, why, why am I, why am I always coming up with all these BS theories about like why things are going to go wrong? Well, you're genetically predisposed based on our brain, right? But our job on a neurological perspective yeah. is to find, to heal the triggers around that, that it's not all going to fall to crap, yeah. but that's also partially where our motivation comes from also. Right. It's all basic instincts. Yeah. It's, it's survival. It's, it's feeling good. It's looking good. Uh, it's continuity of ourself and our species. So, so when it comes to solving a problem, a lot of times people are so, they're so committed. This is what I want. Like if, if we talk nothing more about this today, even though we have a lot of other things I know we want to talk about, people are so committed to the story that they tell. They're so yeah. in love with the story and the narrative they tell because they don't know who and what they would be if they didn't, if they were not able to tell that story anymore. 
yeah. identity. Right. It's and their suffering becomes their identity. Their suffering becomes, right, the trauma and suffering and stuckness and whatever becomes their identity that they project out into the world. And then, of course, law of attraction, more crap like that comes shows yeah. up for you to prove you're right. Yeah. But it it's hard, hard. Like, yeah. Jason. Like, we might, it's it's so cool. I'm just talking here with you and we might go on and t say about, you know, how all these things are. But in reality, this it's is super so hard. hard. Like, right. it's, it's like we're talking about it as if it's it's something so light and this is it. And, you know, it's a, someone it becomes someone's mm -hmm. identity, it becomes someone's story. People are yeah. obsessed. But like, well, I'll give you a good example. You right. Snap uh, out of it. You, you don't just snap right. out of it. Right? right. You don't just snap out of it, because I think that, you know, sometimes that leads to chronic mm -hmm. pain. And sometimes that leads to so many different things that people don't even know no. where that pain is and they go to many doctors and and it affects young people especially at a very young age where now the anxiety and like all right. this it's full stressors bodied. that are it's full bodied experience so let's break again so let's go back into science because i think a lot of like if we understand the basic science of it and the basic biochemistry of it we can understand it and, and start moving with it better from a you know it's not just emotions so number one the idea that i want to throw out to your listeners is that emotions are not psychological they're physiological we call them psychological because that's the outcome of how they experience, but they're really a biochemistry response system, right? It's it's a thought turns into a feeling, a feeling turns into an action, action turns into belief, but that's all uh, circulated through biochemistry and our emotions are biochemical. So if we start looking there, that our emotions are just not neck up and our body is neck down, right? Then we're going to start seeing a more of an integration of parts. In other words, we can have pain in our body from emotional experiences. We can carry stressors in our body. We can have disease because we are dis-ease, right? We're not at ease, right? Uh -huh. So so the idea, especially me as a mind-body practitioner with the modalities that I do, especially neuro-emotional technique, helps find and solve what are going what's what's the emotional story that our body and our mind body not our mind and body but our mind body as one unit is carrying and storing wherever and pull out the fight or flight response around that so we can go from reactive to proactive that's it wait everything that you and i are trying to do everything that every human is trying to do and should be working on more is going from reactive to neutral to proactive about whatever it is. Cause the only way we can be truly successful is being the most proactive human being we can become. Absolutely. But if there's a non-conscious or an unconscious trigger, we're automatically parts of our brain and our nervous system goes into fight or flight. And that again can turn into, like you were saying, that can turn into chronic pain. That can turn into stomach issues. That can turn into, right. So last night I was thinking like, I, I don't know what I ate, the food combination of whatever I was up. I thought I was going to, you know, I thought it was all going to come out of me at some point in the middle of the night. Like I woke <laughs> up sweating and nauseous and, you know, I ended up sleeping straight up after an hour. Like I really like, you know, I, I, it was not, I'm like, Oh God, I really don't want to cancel anybody today. Like I had you and I have a client and I have another uh, podcast call after and I would, I would, I would, the biggest thing would like have been so disappointed, right? Right. I, my, that was my thought. I'm so disappointed that I didn't take into consideration what I ate last night. And I didn't eat anything unhealthy. I eat very clean. That how that would disappoint others and how I would dis be disappointed, disappointing them that they had time with me today and I had time with them. That was like, that was the most important thought that came into my mind. I'm like, oh, well, why, why aren't you eating so healthy? And why aren't you, you are eating healthy, but why aren't you being so clear with what you're combining with your food? And are you sure the food you ate was as clean as you wanted to, right? And you start going into this negative story and I'm just like, it just didn't sit well. I've had these foods before. Now I know not to eat these foods in combination together.
that's it. And this is the, so this is how I learned, but I don't need to dog myself for it. Right. Yeah. I learned. Why are we hard on ourselves? <sighs> you know, again, I think it does go back to that simplicity of where we're, we're, we're trying to survive. Right. And, and, and when we move into a non-rational brain. So we just quickly understand so people can, when I'm here talking about the, the brain, there's three parts to our brain, the triune brain theory or the three brain theory. You have your rational brain, your neocortex, it's fully conscious, right? You know where you are, you know you and I are talking, you're here, you're up in Canada, I'm here in Florida, right? <laughs> we know it's Friday morning, right? Thank God it's a, right, it's a Friday. Um, you know, sadly, right, you, we know that we're, we're not allowed to, we can't hang out, right, in person, which we, you and I would love to do and give each other a massive hug, right? We know what's, what's what's okay we know what's not okay our reptilian brain our survival instinct brain goes everybody is a danger right now absolutely right i know you're not dangerous to me consciously right but but because of this pandemic everybody's a danger so therefore everybody's automatically being put more you know either people completely choose to rational brain it i don't care even if i do get sick or right and they justify it or they're in reptilian brain, which is like everything is survival right now. And therefore anybody out there that isn't doing what I deem safe is a risk to my survival, which is why all this fighting is going on yeah. on the left and on the right, right? So we, we are really looking for, you know, in a way it's not selfish because we all need to exist in a healthy way. In order safe. for our species to feel right, but for our species to continue for for the future uh, success of our world, because I think in a in a in the most basic way, I think we all realize how necessary we are. Which is so interesting when it comes to depression, right, and and and, and suicidality and and the heavier emotions of like it's the absence, it's the forgetfulness of our importance, it's a forgetfulness of our capability, it's a forgetfulness of our value. That we that we feel that we truly no longer bring value or have never brought value to the world. Yeah, I mean, you definitely speak with a lot of uh, leaders, yeah. people that have great responsibility come to you um, for practice. Uh, what is one thing you see uh, that is common in, in leaders and, yeah. and in leadership today that? Um, that we need to address, especially when it comes to mental health. Sure. And 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 what's a leadership perhaps characteristic or trait that um, you highly f see changing, or you highly uh, do not agree with, sort of in a predisposed notion. Sure. What what are we seeing today, and where do we where can change happen, and and how can it be mentally healthy for us to adopt this change? Yeah. So. For sure, in leadership, I'm seeing it. And, and when I say when I see leaders, I think every single one of us has the capability of being a leader, even if they're like, "But I don't, I don't like speaking in front of people." That doesn't make you not a leader, <laughs> right? You know, that's everything, so right? The self-limiting, but like how quickly we go to a self-limiting belief to pull ourselves out of an experience. Yeah. So, the one theme that I think that if if if, if your community can really grab onto is the following. And I've been intently focusing on this issue the last six months because this is a theme that comes out of all my young professional classes. Twice a week I've been doing Zoom uh, Zoom young professional group workshops uh, ever since the pandemic started just to create community. And it's been amazing. Wow. And, and the theme that keeps coming up is the following. People feeling that they're responsible to fix other people's crap 
And if they don't, there's something bad about who they are. So we can call that codependence. Yeah. We can call that a lack of boundaries. We can call that that my value only exists when you acknowledge the value that I bring to you to help you feel better. Right. But that's kind of like every session after my clients leave, I send them an email saying, how, how is Jason today on a one to 10 scale? How did he make you feel? Imagine if I did that to every single one of my clients or if you and I got off this podcast, right? Or you and I got off any texting conversation or Ray or WhatsApp, right? And I'm like, and, and all of a sudden you get a, you get a, you know, a customer service on a scale of one to 10. How did Jason leave you feeling in that last four minute text conversation, right? And if you, and, and if I don't get a seven or above, I'm going to feel really crappy about myself. That's what people are doing in all of these engagements where they're overextending themselves to try to fix other people's crap for them. When it's a, all they have to do is ask a question or or comment to say, God, that sounds so awful. That sounds so difficult. That sounds really challenging. What do you think you're going to do about it? Yeah. Not whenever phrase, can I fix that for you? If people, if you, if anybody listening to the show can really truly get that, the idea is they're like, well, if I don't do that, then I'm being selfish. You're not. The suffix ish means eh, right? Selfish. You're kind of taking, you're kind of self. That's really what's selfish, right? If you really look at the literal meaning, and you really can't help people when you're constantly, constantly, constantly taking away from your needs. And your priorities, or you feel that unless you do these things for other people, you won't have value or be able to do what you need to do. You're missing out. That's not being selfish. That's not doing anything for yourself. That's constantly sacrificing yourself to be accepted and feel good around other people that you're necessary and you're needed. But you need to come from a place of self full. And I'm not talking about full of yourself, cocky, arrogant. I'm talking about like fulfilled. Right, self-full is the first part of being self-fulfilled. So you have to be doing things in your life prioritized, meaningful things, high-value activities, high-frequency activities. A client reached out to me the other day. We're at one of our sessions, and they said something about a family member that was going through something, and it was political, and they didn't agree with it. And I'm like, and I've been working with this client for two years, so I don't hold back on what I say to them. And I'm like, so I I, I didn't know you had that much free time in your life to be worrying about that. <laughs> Like, tell me what you're not doing in your highly valuable activities on a daily basis over the last week that that has taken up a space in your brain. Wow. Because you're not paying her bills. You're not raising them. You're not living with them. You see them once a year, if that much. Yeah. Why has that become the dominant story in your brain for the last 36 hours? Why aren't you occupied with more important things? Absolutely. Right? So so that's what I want to challenge people to listen and hear to is that, you know, and I'll, and I'll give just a little metaphor to that. Years ago, I had another client that was doing that and they were sticking their, you know, involved in everybody's stuff. And they're like, but, but, but I need to help. I need to. Uh-huh. So I said to them, I didn't know you were a proctologist or a gastroenterologist, right? <laughs> a butt doctor, you know, a stomach butt doctor. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like. She's like, but you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm like, well, but you're acting like one because you're sticking your finger in everybody's ass without their permission. <laughs> yeah. So your life smells like isht. Yeah. Right. Smell yeah. your finger. It smells like crap because your finger's in everybody's butt. Yeah. 
right? You, everybody out there listening, right? You're not a bad person for saying, I really sorry, I care so deeply about you, but I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. Yeah. That is a boundary setting um, way uh, that many people aren't really used to no. deploying. Like we're, and they feel guilty when they don't do that. Yeah, and and, right? and we constantly feel we have to sort of quote unquote fix people. But it brings me to the purpose of actually like <laughs> the biggest reason why I started this show is empathy. Yeah, empathetic uh, leadership and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, I know you are a mental health professional. How do you see the importance of EI in people? Just yeah. any average person and we're not talking about just leaders as a human being how important is it to have emotional intelligence and for those that might think or might believe that they're not really cued well emotionally yeah being more intelligent being intelligent from that sense like they don't really they're not good people's people uh, what what's something that you could perhaps uh add to that in terms of a reply how can you yeah. make someone more empathetic or improve their emotional skill sets when around people so i think it comes in developmental stages but i think we also have to be aware of the thing that we just talked about a few minutes ago about not having to fix it for people but showing empathy means i understand that this is bothering you i'm sorry that it is and then asking them, what do they think they need in order for it to be solved versus us being compelled to have to be the person to fix it for them, right? I think that's the, the, the nuance right there. Who can I connect you with? Who, what, 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 what resources can I point you in the direction of? I'm really sorry that this is such a difficult thing for you. Like, you know, it's also... And there are times where we might have to step out of our own way and like make a little bit of a sacrifice, right, to do something. And um, but you, but but it only has to come from a healthy place. It can't come from an unhealthy place where that's your default method, right? Yeah. So so empathy empathy is incredibly. It's probably I don't know. It's a muscle that I think is incredibly powerful, but also probably one of the most difficult to exercise because you have to do it so consistently. But you also have to know what your trigger points are. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We can be empathetic with people who look like us, sound like us, talk like us, believe like us, but can you be empathetic to people who don't? Right? And right now is a great right time there. to practice. Right? Yeah. Now is a great time to practice. Yeah, you nailed it right there because I don't think um, when you're an empath, when you really feel for other people, yeah. a lot of people, that's, that's the notion why a lot of people think being sensitive is a bad thing and, and mm -hmm. all these, you know, notions that, you know, vulnerability becomes this weakness that people exploit. But, you know, I think the message you're trying to put out here is when you understand yourself, you can, yeah. you're able to sort of uh, best uh, put limits to your boundaries. Like not everyone has, has the same access to you as, right. as, as, as certain people, because I think when you are able to see who's, who is able to access unique sides of you, you automatically value yourself in a way that gives much more of yourself to certain people than than to others but i think it's very healthy to have that it's very healthy to 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 
in a way, not segment people in your life um, on a racial or whatever perspective. No, in a, in a, in a healthy emotional perspective, because I do feel that sometimes, like when I was going through perhaps a very difficult time, I didn't know how to manage my emotions and yeah. manage other people's expectations of me. So when you have that burden on your on your shoulder that you need to fix it for everybody, mm-hmm. it automatically takes away from that beautiful skill set that you have that yeah. you can feel for people and you can be there for people, but you can spread yourself so thin when you do that with everybody. So it's always, always, and even as a leader, it's always very important to best deploy that boundary with certain people so that you always know what you're responsible for and what you aren't, because that is sometimes what really hurts us the most, knowing what are we truly responsible for? If you're mm-hmm. there with somebody or if you're, a, if you're a brother or a sister or if you're a family member, then you have someone who you really care about going through a tough time. Um, what is your role? And like, this yeah. is really what I want to sort of speak with you about. Sure. Knowing, knowing you as a professional, knowing this is a very hard time. What is our role? What is our yeah. role? What is our role right now? And, and how can we keep ourselves emotionally healthy while playing that role as yeah. well? So the simplest, simplest, simplest answer usually wins. Ask, don't assume. Ask what they need. Don't assume and tell them what they need. Ask how you can be of help. And if they answer, also know that just because you said, I want to help you, doesn't mean that you're going to have to do everything they say. And B, doesn't mean you shouldn't defer out to people who are better at it than you are, right? So... So with whatever scenario, so if someone reached out to me the other night and it's someone from my community of the classes that I've been giving and they're like, I would love to um, walk through this workshop that I'd like to teach. And I said, there's nothing more I would love to do than do that with you, except I don't have over the next couple of weeks the time or the bandwidth to do that. Happy to schedule something in a few weeks from now, but I'm so behind on some personal things for me that I can't. You know, I can't let that in, but I also, again, want to let you know how much I want to, you know, I'm, I'm honored, but B, I just don't have the time. And the person's like, oh, oh, okay. Can I reach out to you when I have it all put together then? Yeah. We'll, we'll schedule a time then. Right. But back in the day, a bunch, a few years ago, three years ago, two years ago, you know, not that long ago, I would have felt so guilty. And I would have said yes to everything, even though I didn't have the time. And that call would have been at 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday night when I had a, you know, 830 call the next morning and I, you know, and I still didn't do my self-care and my meditation and my, you know, whatever it is that I still need to do. Because I, because I used to have this belief of like, I have to do all these things for people for me to have value. And so many people I know out there are listening to this and saying, yeah, I get that on a deep level because that's what I'm doing. And I find that I'm more not just healthy on the macro sense of things, but I'm a way better person to myself. I'm much more healthier on the inside. And I think I'm way better as a therapist and a coach because we can't say yes to anybody. In fact, we should probably say no to most things unless it's getting us to where we really want to go and people. And, and, but if you explain, this is the key, right? If you explain it to them, without justification or excuses or apologetics or right over dramatizing it. I know like, God, I know that sounds awful, 
there's nothing more that I would love to do than to help you or to be part of this with you. I'm just not capable of doing that. I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the bandwidth. And that is strength, right? Yeah. That is strength. That yeah. doesn't come from a, and it's very important we point that right, out. That's it power. come from a point. That's empowered. That's power. It's, yeah. And I think that, you know, I was reading a, something about Steve Jobs the other day. It's like, say no yeah. to most things because that will allow your yeses to be fully on track Just with where you want to go. Right. And that goes back to the whole conversation of like, where do you want to be? And like anything that's a distraction that isn't in alignment with that, you do have to say no to. You have to say no, you know, to that Saturday night out partying. If you know you want to be at the gym Sunday morning and Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. But, it, you know, the, the consistency and the rhythm, it has to be to be like, what's the long-term goal? What's the long-term outcome? And 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 um, I just had Dr. Scott Stanley, who is the, uh, he's a professor at University of uh, Denver in Colorado, and he's a marriage and family therapist. And he wrote a very famous article uh, and done research on something called sliding versus deciding, how young professionals choose to be in relationships and what gets them stuck in being in relationships that they make more serious than they actually are by certain actions that they involved. And he said that like commitment is the decision to exclude everything else. Wow. Commitment is proactively choosing to exclude everything else but this. So being gluten-free is the, co- the proactive, right? For people who are gluten-free or they're vegetarian or whatever, they're proactively choosing to exclude because they have a belief that by doing that will get them somewhere, right? Going to the gym on a daily basis is making a choice that I am going to be doing this in exclusion of something else, that I can't eat X, Y, and Z anymore. I can't do you know, these things. I can't stay up till four o'clock in the morning, Netflix and chilling. Right. How do you, I think, I think this is a very important point just because some people don't commit to themselves. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm thinking about fun here. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. creativity because I know when we were at the mastermind together, one thing that we were working on was actively planning our life in the way we, we want to live our life exactly. and not just going by the flow. And, Conscious. It's conscious living. Exactly. Right. How, for the people that are listening to us that aren't really having that much fun in their lives, but are living and are functioning, what's, how can we restore that play in our life, Jason? Like, what's one thing you can, or you've discovered or uncovered when practicing with people that you almost instantly are able to retrieve that inner being inside of them and that inner child to get that happiness back because happiness exists. It's even if people aren't feeling it right now, it it exists. It's not that far away No. but how do we uncover it? So I think we need to realize the difference between living a lifestyle by default and a lifestyle by design. And a lot of times our lifestyle by default has been kind of given to us based on our life experiences and our family history and our culture and our stories and our narratives and our traumas and our wins. But we're still playing within the lines. You know, it's like when we were younger and, um, you know, you got the the feedback on your report card and, and you know, they would always make a big deal whether you colored in the, you know, if you say color, students so-and-so colored within the lines, 
but that's what they're training us to do for the rest of our life. Right? Stop coloring within the lines, people. You know, I'm a, I'll put this out there, right? Talking about like vulnerability. I've taken some of my, what would potentially be some of my, in the world of being a marriage and family therapist, I've taken what would be looked at as a negative risk factor and made it into a positive thing, which is I'm a divorced marriage and family therapist. Right now off the bat, you're like, oh my God, right? The average person like, oh, he's divorced. Why would I want to go? No, 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 no. Here's the story around that. Can you relate to this story? Can I can I show you what things have shown that you're doing in my office or now on our Zoom calls that I know will not absolutely completely work for you because I too made those mistakes because I have a different vantage yeah. point because I've owned that, I've worked on it, I've changed it, I've evolved it, I've grown, I've healed. And that gives me additional leverage to not be like, one day they're Googling on the internet and they're like, and they find out somehow in some way that like, oh, my, the guy I'm looking at is divorced or, you know, and like I use it as a leverage tool of guys, this is, this is, this is a, a universal disease and none of us are immune and including a th including half of my colleagues. So let's leverage that. Let me tell you about some of the things that I learned. Let me show you some of the things that you're doing that looks exactly similar to what got me and many other people, 56% of the world in trouble. And let's change that, right? Wow. As opposed to like, oh, I wow. can't tell them if they only knew this little secret, they would think I'm a fake and a fraud and a phony. I want people to find the things about them that they, that they think are, are weaknesses or chinks in the armor and use that as empowerment tools. What did you learn from that life experience? What did you learn from that challenge? What did you learn from that trauma? And instead of being like, I hope no one finds out, talk about the learning lessons from it instead. How do you know if you are healed? How do you, how do you get to that point? Yeah. How do you, how do you Heal, yeah. heal. Okay. What is so? Heal? So my my best. No, know, it's a, a great question, question and, and and those are yeah. questions that you know yeah. it's us young kids that went through shit. Right. Uh, we and we'll and we'll continue to go always, through. We, we all continue to go through. Of shit. course, we right, always right, ask right. ourselves: are, are we ready to enter this yeah. new phase? Are we to ready be in a relationship? Are we uh, ready to do whatever? Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right here, right here, right here. I'm, I'm yeah. asking, did I just, did I, did I recover or am I just, is, am I hopping on from yeah. one to the other or am I making a commitment? And how do I know if I'm ready? Like, how do I know if I'm healed? How, how, do, how do I really know? Is there, are there ways, are there signs, mm -hmm. are there behaviors? It's the moving forward, no matter what. It's moving forward with the best intentions in mind that I'm going to keep whatever shows up and bothers me, I'm going to bring it back to my therapist. It's, it's, I'm not going to know, I'm going to no longer push things under my carpet. I'm no longer going to push things under my bed or hide it up in the closet. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to handle it as it comes up. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going to let it be a pressure cooker experience. It's also like not knowing that you're now knowing what comes up for you, how you feel, but acknowledging it versus just ignoring it and just keep on moving forward in that direction. But what I think true healing looks like or feels like is the words near neutrality. Mm. What I mean by that. What does that mean? 
near neutrality. Yeah, that you can look at it. Like I said before, and it's inconsequential. You can look at it. You can think about that memory. You can go to the party and you can see your ex. You can. Ouch. Right. Whoever it is, whoever it is. Right. And you can just look at it, shrug your shoulders on the inside. Be like, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Everything good? Great. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening. And then move on in the next 30 seconds as if that didn't happen. So you don't have to be like, oh my God, I can't believe my ex is here. Can't believe it. Um, Who are they talking to? Who are they hanging out with? Who do they just hook up with? I can't believe I just heard that about the right. Uh, That it's, it doesn't, whether it happened or it didn't happen is inconsequential. It's neutral. Yeah. You're going to be okay. You're going to do what you need to do no matter what. That's near neutrality. Whether it happened to you or whether it didn't happen to you, you're still okay. And 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 okayness is is the most neutral way of being about it, right? Whether you know here right the election's just finished here, so whether Trump won or Biden won, near neutrality is like I got my own shit to take care of and I'm going to be the best human being. I'm going to be no matter what, because guess what? In four years, we're going to do the same thing again. And in eight years, we're definitely going to do the same thing again. In 12 years, we're going to have the same thing again. So I really don't have that much power over that, except for the one vote that I put in. And that's it. Everything else has nothing to do with what I can be doing on a daily basis with the people around me that are like-minded and creating uplifting, engaged, empathetic, and empowered community. And that's what we need to be focusing on. Forgiving ourselves. Yeah. How, 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 how important or how do you see that? Mm. I think from what you're saying, it's not just about a relationship. It's about an achievement. It's about going into a meeting, yeah. looking really bad, saying something that you shouldn't right. have said. It's compassion. Feeling, it's compassion. It's, yeah, right? it's, 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 it's compassion. How do you, for, how do you let, like, how do you, uh, Sometimes we feel very small yeah. in a in a room, or sometimes with people we feel very well, small. Well, you, I know I do because you, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm five foot two, so I always feel small in the room. <laughs> so unless I'm with kindergartners, right? So <laughs> imagine when I'm with my professional athletes, right? Am I, so that's it's always so funny. So uh, and I've had some you know former professional basketball players like, are you standing up? And I'm like, yes, sir. Stop it. That's not fair. Don't do that to me. Don't make me have to go to therapy because because you're coming to me. So right. So, like, cut so it out. stop it. <laughs> um, but I think that compassion, right? It's, it's, it is being, it's, it's, it's practicing our compassion muscle. If we think about all of these, and I think this is, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a cool point of realizing that like, it's a muscle. Yeah. It's a muscle. And the more we practice each one of these things, it's not like, you know, <laughs> for years ago, I was 21 or so, and I was living in New York and I joined a gym and um, it was the first time I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm gaining weight in my stomach. So I was always very thin and I had abs in high school without doing anything. And then, you know, all of a sudden genetics kick in between 18 and 21. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> it's not good. So I'm going to the gym and... <laughs> And I'm like, and, and I'm like standing in this full mirror. And I remember this and I would, I started going really consistently then. And I remember like after the second or third time, I'm like, my buddy's like, Oh, do you want to meet for pizza? And I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm having the pizza. I'm like, this is so inconsistent, right? I, I just went to the gym, had an amazing workout. And now I'm going, having a pizza, which is probably burning everything off that I didn't accomplish in the gym. Meanwhile, I didn't know I was really needed to be gluten-free at that point. 
but um, <laughs> but I was allergic to, you know, <laughs> now I was not only eating things that weren't good for me, but I was eating things that were causing inflammation in my body, you know, and <laughs> But it was such a cognitive disconnect. So we have to get po- past that cognitive, right? That cognitive dissonance, that disconnect, and, and and figure out like what are the most authentic ways for me to be. And, and yeah, we're gonna we're while we learn and while we grow, there's always gonna be things that are gonna throw us off our game. But we but we want to be thankful to be like, oh, okay, well now I know that. Mm. Versus, I can't believe Absolutely. I did that. So if we if right, everybody out there is listening, can change the language from I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe I was so stupid. Or I can't, right too. Well, now I know. Wow. Yeah. That's such a profound little shift right there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think those profound little shifts are the shifts that make a difference in one's yep. psyche. Yeah. If yeah. you were to leave us with three small shifts we can take today yeah. out of this conversation, um, implementing moving forward. Mm-hmm in our lives to make us a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more wiser and a little bit more self-aware right. and thus a little bit, a lot more empathetic. What would those three shifts be mm. in, uh, in the way we mm. lead our lives? Can I make it four? Let's make it four. Okay. This is not mine. This is that, um, you know, uh, I think that everybody should have their own personal book collection of things that really, you know, empower them and inspire them and, you know, that they use. It's not just sitting there for decoration. Absolutely. Um, but one of the books that I consistently recommend over and over again that I think is a must-have for the, the great investment of 11 or 12 U.S. American dollars is The Four Agreements. And The, the Four Agreements was written by Don Miguel Ruiz. He's a Mexican mystic uh, philosopher. And he wrote the following, and, and I'm, I'm really summarizing in the next two minutes of the book, but uh, the four agreements are four rules that by consistently choosing to live by these and practicing them over and over again, life will get a lot better. Number one is be impeccable with your word. Don't talk crap about someone else and certainly don't talk crap about yourself. Practice that. Be impeccable with your word. No slander, no gossip, but even more so no slander or gossip about yourself and to yourself. Number two, don't take things personally. Nothing anybody else does has anything to do with you. So whether someone's pissed off or not, it doesn't matter, right? If they're pissed off at you, it's not really because of you. It's because of their interpretation of you, right? And that's a really powerful thing right now. Like, oh, I can't believe you're such an idiot, or I can't believe you're this, or I can't believe you're that, or whatever it may be, right? People are always constantly thinking that it's because of this. I must have, I must have, right? Don't take things personally. Nothing anybody does is because of you. What they say and what they do is a projection of their own reality. So when you can become immune to their opinions and you can be immune to their actions, you won't have to suffer anymore, right? So that's, that's, that's two. Number three is the idea of stop making assumptions. Don't be a judge, jury, and executioner. Be an investigative reporter. Ask questions Mm -hmm. and then ask more questions. And by communicating with others that way, you'll avoid so many misunderstandings Right, you know, so much conflict, so much drama will be avoided. Like, what well, did you? Is, so I heard you say this. Here's what I interpreted as. What did you mean? Even if you mm-hmm. think you know, you're talking about the same thing, but don't make 
assumptions, right? Absolutely. And number four, the way I interpret it is you're going to F up. Just start over from number one again, which is always do your best. And it's going to change from moment to moment based on how you're feeling, based on who you're with, based on the experience, whether you're, you know, whether you have a cold today or you're, you're fully motivated, right? Just, just, just do your best in that present moment. And if you say, okay, right now, based on what's going on, I'm doing my best. All of that self-abuse, all of that self-judgment, all of that regret can start going away because then you can also say, and guess what I can do? I can start back over with being impeccable with my word because right now I'm talking crap to myself. So I'm not being impeccable with my word. Absolutely. And what I just saw them do, I'm taking it personally. So now I'm violating rule number two. So now I got to, okay, what do I need to do to not take it personally? Oh, well, I thought that they were doing this. Oh, so you're making an assumption. Oh, okay. So now I got to go back and do rule three again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Now I got it. Now, I, okay. So, so now three minutes later, I'm doing better than I was three minutes ago. Ah, okay. So wow. now I'm doing my best, right? It's four things and it's a, it's a, it's a, a circular process. So I highly, highly recommend anybody, even if you're like, oh, I'm not a big reader, I'm not a big reader, I guarantee you the book will take you less than two hours to read. I read it from Florida to New York to New York on a flight once, two and, two and a half hours, whatever. Um, it's just an easy, easy book, four agreements. And I think that if we walk away with that, I think everything we talked about today really does go in sync with that. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much. My I pleasure. think this was a great, great conversation for many young and mature leaders out there listening to us. Um, taking control of your emotions and uh, figuring out where you need to do a little bit more work is yeah. the only differentiator between a world-class performer and someone who falls into the pitfall of um, of of misery and unhappiness because uh, life happens to every single person. Circumstances are, are, are very different, but the way we choose to see things um, sometimes hearing words like these allow us to reconsider things and reinterpret things. And I know many people listening to us right now will have so many things that have popped up in their mind, triggered them in many ways, um, positive, hopefully understanding how to move forward allows us to sort of reconsider perhaps what's going on. Why is this hurting me? Is this supposed to hurt me? Mm. Um, And feeling things actually means something means that you have i mean being emotion no every driven person is the only thing that makes someone really impactful in life is having emotions so emotions can be your best friend or they can be your worst enemy they should be a tool to utilize and 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 as you were saying that you know the thought that came to my mind is that words from the heart enter the heart yeah Right. Absolutely. And, and and I think that's where your whole theme and message comes from of being empowered and empathy and self-awareness that, that we're really trying to tackle into what's our heart story, yeah. not our life story, but our heart story. Right. We all have life stories that happen to us, but our heart story is authentically who we are. And we need to bring our heart story yeah. out into the world. Yeah, being a heart-centered leader is uh, something I'm a big, big, big believer of. And I think in today's world, we yearn for authenticity and we yearn to see people who are leading with a big heart and leading with their vulnerable selves. That's why I think COVID has changed a lot of ways we see work. You know, we're seeing Mm -hmm. CEOs in their home, in their home, wearing their home attire, um, 
and still respecting them, still understanding that, wow, this person actually has a home. We're seeing a lot more sides of this person. So I really, really honor the fact that, you know, all that we've spoken about allows for people to see more than just the side of them that they want to or intentionally want to show others. But in fact, if you if you're able to harness that side of yourself and if you're able to be more compassionate, mm. perhaps you can come from a, a, a place of power and showing more sides and allowing more people to feel much safer within themselves and leading and just being themselves around other people. So a lot of holding back is is existing and and mm. is current around the world when we talk about or when we see people behave. But I feel like leaders are are meant to shine and and, and, yeah. and given those attributes that we've spoken about, uh, their work, their hard work, working in yourself isn't isn't easy at all. But but it's, it's worthwhile. It's but it's and it's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate sure. it. Any any final comments you'd like to share with our with our listeners? I think I, I, again, if just go back and listen to to this episode. Go back and listen to 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 my buddy's other episodes. Right? He just I know week in week out he's bringing such quality. So if you're just new to to this conversation, you know, um, there's so much value that um, I know that you're having with 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 your with your other guests. And um, you know, the great thing is, is all this is free. Yeah, you know, podcasts are free. YouTube videos are free. You know, sometimes you can find the books online for free, but if you can't find the book online, go on YouTube and type in the name of the book and see who's talking about it and giving reviews on it and giving, you know, uh, cliff notes, you know, the points of the book, right? Whatever it is, the the life hack version of the books, right? You don't need to read the whole book anymore. Sometimes you'll just get it right. Find a 20 minute video on it and get the big points out of it. So there's no excuses except for the lack of effort. Yeah. So that's, yeah, so that's it. But we can all do it. But listen, you know, that's that's my story. Barely graduated high school to running a successful six-figure business with, you know, working at home now and, 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 and seeing clients all over the world. And I barely graduated high school, so there's no excuse. My family was getting, my parents were getting divorced and the whole community was involved in the divorce. And it's just a story. It's just yeah. a story. And it's the commitment, Jason. It's the it's commitment. commitment to the process. I, yeah. yeah, I think everyone listening to us is... Uh, you know, if you if you are that far into the episode and if you've listened to this point, you're committed to ending things. And I think if you're committed to your life in the same way you're committed to listening to an episode, you will uh, you will certainly see a, a very, very, very uh, gradual uh, yet impactful shift. So, Jason, thank you so much. I'll, I My will pleasure. be posting uh, your podcast as well. Uh, winning with life, right? You winning life. Yeah, you winning, yeah, life. You winning life. It's all it's available on all all major platforms and I'm working on a new one with actually with a professional matchmaker called have wow. we got a match for you. So it's really going to be for young professionals about dating and relationships and sexuality and any healing and, and how to know when you're ready to date and how to find the right one. And, um, yeah, so we're, that's going to be coming around the beginning of the new year. But my main one is you winning life and it's on psychology and spirituality, uh, natural wellness and entrepreneurship. And um, if people want to reach out to me, it's Jason Wasser, LMFT, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. Uh, Instagram's the best way to connect. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the links down below yeah, um, cool. in the show notes. I just really want to say thank you so much. My I pleasure, think that the, the, the value is beyond incredible here. And uh, uh, I can't wait to see you, man. I, I really know, can't wait to see you. And Soon. Yeah, soon, soon. Hopefully this is over soon. And yeah. uh, thank you from, from, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for coming on. And uh this is uh, this is incredible. It's crazy how yeah. the world works, man. I, know, I really appreciate I you. It's always an honor to create space, not just share space, but to create space with you. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Right. See you, man.
Honestly, guys, how do you feel after listening to such an incredible episode? Also, just for your like consideration, midway through editing this episode, I had to call up Jason, send him a WhatsApp, tell him, hey, this was one of the best episodes on Empathy Always Wins. You winning life is Jason's podcast. Imagine what listening to his gemstones would like. Yeah. I w- I'm actually like, <laughs> I've known Jason for that long. I've only listened to one episode of You Winning Life. Now I've listened to this episode with Jason, not including myself, just listening to Jason. I typically, when I edit episodes, I come up with like, you know, a couple of segments that, yeah, this is good. Let's use this for social media. You know, those one minute segments where you can market and do all these things so people actually know your podcast exists. Guys, this was an incredible one-hour episode. Re-listen to this at your own convenience whenever you feel that you want to sort of refresh your mind. If you're struggling with setting boundaries, if you're struggling with you know any self-compassion, if you're struggling with your own story that you're telling yourself, Jason is very approachable either on LinkedIn or on Instagram at Jason Wasser LMFT, um, licensed marriage and family therapist. I'll be putting the links down below in uh, the podcast show notes. Again, please, please, please give it up for Jason Wasser. If you've also found this episode really useful, please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps the podcast uh, rank higher. We're currently ranked number one on in Egypt and number one in Kuwait um, on Apple Podcasts. And we're in the top 100 podcasts in Canada as well. Um, this wouldn't be possible without your support and by making sure that we constantly bring guests that offer real value every single week. This is my personal um, commitment to you guys. And Jason said one thing that really struck me here the most. Commitment is proactively excluding everything but X. So commitment for me is proactively excluding everything but making sure that this is the highest and most valuable podcast that I can make. And um, on behalf of the production team, which includes all the people that help me find these amazing guests, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. I may be posting on this podcast as well um, the MIT talk that I've had as well as a, a couple of talks that I've had as well that I may be finding high value as well for you. But other than that, please feel free to reach out to us. It's a big week. It's a big, 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 big week for us and for the show. And I hope you guys celebrated for those who tune in on a week-to-week basis. And for those who don't, well, there's so much more to celebrate and so much more coming along. I cannot wait to share with you some exciting projects we are working on. Um, I just have to stay low for now and we'll call this a great day. If you're listening in your car, if you're listening while you're walking, if you're listening with a friend, I hope you guys have an extremely amazing day and may God bless you. And just remember one thing that I always love to leave our episodes with. In life and in business, true empathy, words from the heart, enter the heart, and compassion always wins.